Hello, and welcome to the Anchor Podcast, a ministry of Rock Harbor Church. We want to help guide and grow you in your walk with the Lord by providing an in-depth study of God's Word. So please grab your Bibles and let's set a course for spiritual maturity. Here's Pastor Brandon with this week's message. And when you see all that stuff, you definitely think <laughs> we are in Sodom and Gomorrah at this point in time, or even past it, obviously. And... Uh, I think there's a war coming. I think there's a war coming. Um, and that war is, is, is going to be through the LGBT mafia, um, transgender movement, whatever. And I think there's no, going, there's no going back from this. There's no reforming this anymore. And again, I'm not talking about the individual uh, it, you know, that's entrapped, entrapped in the lifestyle of homosexuality and lesbianism. I'm not talking about the individual. I'm talking about the agenda that's being pushed by the globalists. And that agenda that's being pushed by the globalists, as you can see, they got the Boy Scouts. They, got, they always have kids involved. Have you noticed that? And I think that's uh, on purpose because if people will not uh, push back against, you know, uh, you know uh, elections being stolen, if people won't push back against... Uh, that the Dominion boxes are rigged and, uh, and anything political like that, then, then they'll push an agenda that they know that will incite people, and it's when they target kids. And I'm telling you, um, this is, they keep pushing this, and it's getting to a fever pitch to the point that people are going to start pushing back, not in a healthy way. Um, we, we, I'm, a, I'm advocating pushing back in a healthy way, in a biblical way of standing for truth and speaking and stuff. But a lot of people are just not going to do that. A lot of people are going to actually push back physically. And I think this is exactly what they want. They want a, a, a civil war, and they're using this agenda to do it. Um, my, my, my admonition to you is don't get involved in that. We push back with truth, Okay. We don't push back physically. Unless someone is physically being harmed, then you have a right to go after somebody and defend them and do what you need to do to defend. That's why Jesus said, sell everything you have and buy a sword. So it's for protection and defense, not for retaliation. Um, and I, and, I, and I, I don't think this stops. And I hate to be a negative Nelly, but... Each week, it, the thing gets deeper and deeper and deeper, and they won't stop. So anyway, um, I think this is what we call the boomerang effect, and this is what I'm going to study today, or we are going to study today, and uh, we're looking at the last part of Lot uh, and his two daughters, which is a, a very gross episode. I have to deal with it because we go verse by verse, and, and most people would just simply skip over this, but you can't because I think it tells us exactly... Uh, what's going on today, and the grossness and the, um, the, uh, the, the influence of Sodom has on, on all of the whole culture and around the world. So you guys, if you can get my uh, PowerPoint up real quick, um, and, and we're going to look at the boomerang effect. The boomerang effect in, 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 in what I call it, but in the scriptures, it's, it's you reap what you sow type of mentality. Um, and that which you dish out eventually comes back to you. Um, you know, you, you hear the old, the old saying, what, what, what comes around goes around. And what's, what's happening right now is we're having a boomerang effect. And the boomerang effect is coming back into America and hitting America and Western society for many, many decades of sowing to the wind. And now it's coming back and it's here and there's no denying it. And it's because of what happened in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s. All of it's now bearing its fruit now, and we're in it right as we speak. So what I want you to understand, uh, I guess, from this, this, this passage is how evil works to create Sodom. Okay? That's what you're going to watch. Now... What I want to do is, 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 is show you it so that you know how to spot it and identify it because most people can't. Most people can't see what people are up to because they're too naive to evil. In fact, this week I was struggling with the commentaries looking at 
I study my passages and I look at everything and, and you look at the, the, the original language and stuff and then, I, then you'll use your commentaries to see, okay, what did this guy say? What did this guy say? And what I noticed about the commentaries, very interesting, that the guys commenting on this passage are antiquated in their, in their view of evil. And what I mean by that is they were commenting on the passage during a period of time in U.S. history where it wasn't this bad. And their comments coming from it are, um, how do I want to explain it? They don't see the evil of how evil somebody could be, and they, they treated the, the passage with kid gloves, and they actually softened their commentary on it. And I, I think that was a product of living in the 50s, uh, living in the 40s, or living in the, uh, the 60s, where you didn't see men trying to be women. And you didn't see them trying to groom children or cut body parts off and give them hormones. Because they just were not exposed to that type of evil. If that makes sense. And so then I approached the passage and I'm like, Oh, no, I see, I see exactly what's going on. I see how evil this is, what's happening here. And because I'm a product and you're a product of the evil we see, and I, re, I can read more into, not eisegesis, but more from the evil that's being done in the text. And I think, I'm not trying to say the commentaries are naive, I just think they were a product of their time period when they wrote. And here we are in 2023, and I'm watching all Hades break loose in front of me. And then when I approach the passage, I'm like, no, no, I, I, I totally see what these girls are doing. It's different. I think it's because of the era in. So, uh, the era in. so let, me, let me explain this, because this is a difficult passage, because it, there's a lot of unanswered things in the passage. Moses will state certain things are happening, but he will leave out the why. And that's left, that why is left to the interpreter to figure that one out by deductive reasoning. Because the, the text doesn't explicitly explain why. So what the interpreter, if you were going to read this passage on their own, what you would have to do then is get the holistic context of the whole uh, section, starting with the beginning of Lot to the very end, and then bring that all in to bear on how do you interpret the passage, because the passage itself doesn't explain a lot. So that's what I'm going to try to do. It's a very difficult passage to explain, but I think at the end you'll understand where we're at. Now, what does it do for you and I? This helps you spot evil. And what I mean by that is Jesus said you need to be wise as a serpent and innocent as a dove. What did he mean by that? Wise as a serpent means that, that I have to be, have the ability to be able to read the situation that I'm in from the perspective of an evil person. And why, does, why is that important? That I have to know how evil thinks. Because it prevents me from being naive to their strategies and their agenda. Because most Christians don't think that evil would do certain things. It's just beyond their, 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 their ability to understand. But that's being spiritually naive. I'll give you an example on a political level. Um, right now, if you watch both parties, the Democrats and the Republicans... The Democrats are working feverishly on an agenda to steal the next election. Okay? They are, they are working on uh, harvesting ballots. They're working on turning those things in. All that kind of stuff right now. They are going to win in their mind. And they have a plan and they have an agenda. But then when you go over to the Republican side, these guys are a bunch of bumbling idiots they have no plan whatsoever to offset what evil is doing. And hence, because they have no uniform plan, they're going to lose. Okay? 
But what, what I see is it's the naivety of conservatives, it's the naivety of Republicans to think they would actually want to cheat. Right? Because if you, if you know the other side is going to cheat, what should you do? You should do everything you can to prevent that. But ask McCarthy or Mitch McConnell, who had a zone out this week. Remember he zoned out? Ask them what their strategy is to offset the harvest balloting, dominion voting, and all of that. And you will hear crickets. So either you're an idiot or you're with them. Now, again, I'm not trying to be political because I think both sides are idiots. But what I'm trying to say is conservative America is too naive with what evil is doing. They don't think that evil will go to the, the lengths that it actually will go to. And that's why we keep losing the culture war because Christians, unfortunately, don't think people are that evil. But they are. And so I think that's what you're going to learn in this passage to protect yourself, to protect your family, to protect you from this happening to you. Okay? So what's the setting? The setting is Sodom and Gomorrah have been destroyed. Lot has taken the uh, take, uh, compromise and said, let me go live in Zoar. It's just a little place. And Zoar was supposed to be destroyed by the, by the Lord. But because Lot said, I want to go there, then the Lord spared that place, little Zoar, which is south of the Dead Sea. And that's where he goes as a compromise. He wanted to keep a little part of Sodom with him. Okay. Obviously, we know the context that his two married daughters... And the, the sons-in-law stayed in Sodom and Gomorrah. They're killed. His wife turns around and looks at Sodom and Gomorrah. Now she's killed because she became crystallized in a pillar of salt by God. And so it's just Lot and his two daughters that went into Zoar. Okay, so here's where we pick up. Then Lot went up out of Zoar and dwelt in the mountains and his two daughters were with him, for he was afraid to dwell in Zoar, and he and his two daughters dwelt in a cave. Now, again, Moses doesn't tell you what they're afraid of. Again, so we're, we're here to theorize in that sense of why are they afraid. Well, first of all, maybe, and again, this is all conjecture because it doesn't say. Maybe he goes to Zoar and he thinks this place is the same as Sodom and Gomorrah and they're going to have the same fate too. So God will eventually destroy this place because it's the same ilk. Uh, maybe I've read that they were superstitious in Zoar and the fact that they had survived Sodom and Gomorrah, that the inhabitants of Zoar uh, would see them as bad luck or bad omens and the fact that they were the only ones to escape and it was superstition or something like that. Moses doesn't say, okay? Moses doesn't say. But the fear of remaining in this place causes him to do what he should have done when he was told by the angels, get out and go to the mountains. Okay, but there's something happening here. So he dwells in Zoar, but then he says, finally, let's go to the caves, and, and because of fear, let's go to the cave and leave Zoar. Now, what we understand about the location of Zoar, it's on the very bottom of the southern uh, of the Dead Sea. And because of where the Moabites and Amites uh, settle, the suggestion is he goes eastward to this cave, not westward. Because going west would mean he's going towards Abraham where Abraham is on the other side, on the western side mountain. And that's where God wanted him to go, is to the western side of the Dead Sea. But based on where his, his people settled, the movement is eastward, which is away from the covenant, away. Now, you'll find in the scripture that every time someone is running from God, they go eastward. They leave the, the promised land, and they go eastward towards where the, 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 the Fertile Crescent is, where the Babylonian area is, which obviously where Babylon is and all that other stuff. Um, 
And so the movement is towards the east, but then in a cave. Okay, let's continue on. What's happening here about Lot is spiritual passivity. Okay, that's his big problem. Now, we know Lot is a believer, but this is the problem with many, many believers. And I want to flush this out before we go any further. Lot lacks conviction about sin. Okay? Uh, that's what spiritual passive believers are like. They don't have a good sense of right and wrong because they've compromised so bad. They're typically cowards in their lives. They don't stand up to evil. They won't say anything. They commit the sin of silence. They compromise, obviously. They downgrade holiness. They don't see things at the level that you see them at. That, that's like, well, a little sin's okay. Going to Zoar is, is okay. They allow for sin in their life, and then they minimize evil. Well, it's not so bad. It's, it's not so bad. It's, it's, it's a little bit, but it's not so bad. And that's what they tend to do in order to live in the life that they live. Okay. But why do they compromise? Why do they, why do they possess spiritual passivity? It's because they want something. They typically want something out of life. And they use the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, or the pride of life, the three problem areas of, of humans, uh, to, to, to want something. What, what, well, what did Walat want? He wanted money. That's what it's all about. He just wanted money. And he had all three elements involved in trying to gain money. That's what Lot's uh, problem is. Okay. When you go after that kind of thing, you will lessen, you know, obviously your conviction of sin because he had to live in Sodom and Gomorrah. He had to compromise. He had to put up with it and not say anything, right? So that's what ends up happening. So watch the, 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 the spiritual passivity in this. Number one, Lot moves into Sodom. What is that an example of? Spiritual passivity about his environment, okay? Now again, spiritually passive people don't care about the environment that they're in. What do you mean? Well, think about it. We, ba the principle is bad company corrupts good character. You become like the five people you hang out with. So think about the five people you hang out with. That's who you will become. Now, we understand like people like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego can live in an environment and not be tainted by it. But you, are, you have to understand that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are not spiritually passive. They are strong in the Lord and can stay in that environment and not be tainted. But Lot is not at the level of Daniel. Therefore, you put Lot in a bad environment, he can't handle it. It would be like throwing your kids into a, a, a full-bone leftist college and thinking they're not going to be affected by that if they're not strong in the Lord. Because what do we know? What do the stats show? The stats show that we lose 80% of the kids that come in our churches and go through our Bible studies. The first year of college, we, we lose 80% of them. What did that mean? That meant the parents didn't do their job, they have a spiritually weak child, and they put them in an environment like Sodom and Gomorrah, and they couldn't handle it. That's why we lose 80% of them. And the parents think they're strong because they went to Awanas. The parents think they're strong because they went to Sunday school. The parents think they're strong because they dragged them to church as the kid played on his phone during the whole service. And then you throw them into Sodom and Gomorrah, they can't handle it. Okay? So the naivety of people thinking that environments won't affect them is at an all-time high. And this idea that my kid's strong enough, it, 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 you will see what happens to Lot's kids. Second, he marries a sodomite woman. What is that? That's being spiritually passive about his relationships. Lot, 
you're going to marry a son. Why didn't Lot go back to Abraham's tribe and say, is there somebody out here that loves Yahweh that I can marry? He doesn't do that, does he? He goes to the bar of Sodom and finds some gal in that, that's in the bar of Sodom, and he ends up hooking up with her and marrying her. Now, that's called unequally yoked. Let me ask you this. Why do our kids continue to get unequally yoked with idiots? Why? What's going on with our kids? Why do our kids date that which the cat has drag, dragged home? Why? What is the problem? Why do, why do we as parents have to keep fighting our kids about their relationships? Why do we have to keep doing that? Well, they're not spiritually where they need to be. And if you're a strong parent, you're all over that, right? And you have to fight that. And you have to say, no, I'm not supporting this, right? And that's what you're doing. Passive parents say, well, it is what it is. Love is love. And whoever they hook up will be fine. That's what's happened. That's why the divorce rate is so high among Christians, because parents are passive on their kids' relationships, that's what, I mean, think about this. Lot allowed his daughters to marry Sodomites. What did he think they're going to do, convert them? No. The other thing he's passive about, he raises his family in Sodom. So he's spiritually passive about his family. Lot's about Lot. You got to understand that. Lot's about making money. So he doesn't care. As long as he makes the money, he doesn't care about what happens to his family. So that's spiritual passivity. Now, you'll see that among Christians is they're more worried about their career than about their own kids. And they drag their kids around all over the place in pursuit of a career. And the kids are not the priority. Their career is. That's Lot. Now, again, he allows his daughters to marry sodomites. What, what is that spiritual passivity showing? That he's, he's passive about outside influences. He doesn't understand that who your kids hang out with who, who they interact with will have an influence on them. But he, in fact, he doesn't care. He offers his virgin daughters to be raped by a homosexual mob. Why did he do that? Because he's more worried about his reputation. So he's spiritually passive in order to keep a reputation with the community. He doesn't want to leave Sodom despite the judgment. Well, he, but what is that? He wanted to hang on to what Sodom gave him. So what is that? That's spiritual passivity towards eternal rewards. Now, here's, here's a test. If you talk to a Laodicean believer, ask them what they think about rewards. And you're going to hear crickets. They're not going to respond to you because they don't even know what you're talking about. So the idea of laying up treasure in heaven is the priority for the Philadelphia believer. Storing treasure on earth is the priority for Laodicea. And that's what he does. So he, they, they don't think about eternal rewards. Uh, secondly, they refuse to leave the five cities of the plain, settles in Zoar. We saw that. It's spiritually passive about loving God. What do you mean? Lot would say he loves God. But what did God tell him to do? You go to the mountain. You don't go to Zoar. You go to the mountain. Jesus said, when you love me, you'll obey me. So it's a lack of love on Lot's part. So he's passive in his relationship with God. And lastly, to leave Zoar in a cave and to live in a cave, which is where we're at right now, he's spiritually passive about the direction of his life and repentance. Well, what do you mean by that, Brandon? Why doesn't he go back to Abraham? Why doesn't he say, man, I really screwed up? I should have I stayed with you, Abraham, when you came and rescued me. But instead of going west, Lot goes east and, and would prefer to live in a cave than with Abraham. Why? Because in order to go back to Abraham, Lot would have to repent. He would have to confess that he's a screw-up, that his head's not screwed on straight. He would have to admit he's an idiot. That he sinned and that the direction of his life is on the road to hell. He ain't doing that. And he's a believer. So what does he do? He goes the opposite direction eastward 
which means that he is on the road to hell, so to speak. He is on the road of getting away from God or any conviction about what he has done. Okay, you want to see an example of this? Here's an example of an unbelieving fool, Neil deGrasse, who is an atheistic, ungodly individual, okay, astrophysicist, and, and Stephen, a, a, uh, uh, Stephen A. What's it? Smith, sorry. Stephen A. Smith. Now, Stephen A. Smith purports to be a believer, okay? But listen to the interaction. You tell me about Stephen A. Smith versus the unbelieving fool and what the unbelieving fool is saying, because this is an example of spiritual passivity. Okay, yeah. so, so my point is apparently. The XXXY chromosomes are insufficient because when we wake up in the morning, we exaggerate whatever feature we want to portray the gender of our choice. Mm. Either the one you're assigned, the one you choose to be, whatever it is. And so now, here, so, so now just to, to tie a bow on this, I say to you, Somewhere I read, somewhere I, I think I read that the United States was a land where we have the pursuit of happiness. Yes. Suppose no matter my chromosomes, today I feel 80% female, 20% male. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put on makeup. I'm going to do that. Um, tomorrow I might feel 80% male. I'll remove the makeup and I'll wear a muscle shirt. Why do you care? What, 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 what business it, is it of yours to require that I fulfill your inability to think of gender on a spectrum? And what I found in the human mind is that we go out of our way to put things in categories, in bins, mm -hmm. all right? Because that makes it easier for us. Mm -hmm. So that's why people come up to you and say, well, you're a boy, you're a, you a girl, choose one. Which are you? They say, no, maybe I'm a little of both. Wait, 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 maybe a little above this. No, you have to be one or the mm. other. No, I will not be what you require just because you can't think on a spectrum. I'm going to be what I want to be. Okay, so that's, there's so many things wrong with Neil deGrasse saying that. So number one, he's Mr. Science, but he goes beyond science, doesn't he? Because he knows there's only two sets of DNA uh, uh, strands for male and female, and he's purporting to be that one day he wakes up, he feels more women, more of a feminine, or more male. So this guy's off the chart. In the interview, he goes off on religion and hates religion, but yet he's promoting a, uh, promoting a religion of transgenderism. But my question to you is, what did the spiritually passive believer do? Did you hear it? I heard it. Huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hmm. Did you hear that? That's a spiritually passive believer. That's lot. So here's the funny thing about Stephen A. Smith. That guy has the biggest mouth that I cannot stand. He talks about everything that doesn't matter. But when it does come to something that matters, because they were talking about transgenders in sports, when it comes to something that does matter, here's what Laodicean, here's what Lot does. Huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Huh. That's all you can get out of that person. But what should he have said? He should have put this guy back on his chair and said, what are you talking about? Are you out of your mind? But that's not Lot, because Lot is spiritually passive. Huh. 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 Yeah. Spiritually passive believers allow themselves to be manipulated by evil, and now we get into what we need to learn, because I don't want to be manipulated by these freaks I don't want to be manipulated by evil freaks, goons, that are trying to ruin our lives and our children's lives. Here's the interesting thing. As I was studying the text, something popped out to me. 
from my political science background, and I saw it in the text, and I couldn't believe it. I saw it in the text, and I thought, hmm, this must not be a political issue. It must be a satanic issue if I see it in the text. Now, here's the thing. Yuri Bezmanov, former KGB informant and Soviet journalist, came up and said when he was in the Soviet Union, this is what the KGB did to do ideological subversion to any culture. You demoralize the culture, you destabilize the culture, you create a crisis, and then you will normalize what comes after the crisis. What I want to show you is as I'm looking at this text, those four things popped up in the text. So the first thing I want to show you is demoralization. Okay, Think about this before we read the text. The first stage when someone is doing a psychops on you is they give you the wrong morality and it has no opposition to it. The people lose faith in their country, their values, their ideals, and their history. And what is the result? The people cannot process valid information anymore. That's what living in Sodom will do when you have nothing combating the ideology of Sodom. Okay, He was talking about communism, but it's a universal principle. There was nothing in Sodom, in Lot's life, that was pushing against the narrative. Okay, So what happens to a culture is if there's no pushback, the culture becomes demoralized. This is why our Gen Zs and millennials hate our country. Okay, They hate Christianity. They hate it. Then you go to destabilization. The economy, the political system, and the culture is attacked to the point that people do not trust anyone or the systems. People are made to distrust others. My neighbor is my enemy mentality. Okay? I'll show you this in the text. So what had happened during the COVID lockdowns? We had people trying to turn in other people because they were outside playing basketball. We had people that were masked Nazis. They had effectively destabilized our culture where we had people going against each other. We have never been more divided as a country, and that is a sign of destabilization. We have people that hate us. Do you understand this? They hate you. How did that happen in America? Because of destabilization. Now watch. Now the firstborn said to the younger, so it's the firstborn who's initiating the issue. And what is this? This is a plan to subvert. This is a psychological op to get something accomplished, and they're going to do it to their own father in the cave. Okay? Our father is old, like Joe Biden. He can't do much. You call Joe, I'm going to go have to take a nap. We have people like that. We have, look how old they are. They can't function, and they're just being puppets, right? They're being used. Feinstein, Fetterman, Biden, who's the other one? That's uh, McConnell, Clueless. My father, our father is. What are they? To, what is the girl trying to do? Let's take advantage of them in their weakened state. Okay, you following this? Okay. And there is no man on earth to come into us as is the custom of all the earth. What are you talking about, ladies? This is a manufactured crisis. Now, what do you mean? Okay, Sodom and Gomorrah and the four cities have been destroyed. Zoar is still alive in that city, and they have been in Zoar, but notice the crisis that they create. There is no man on earth, which is a lie. They know there's other men. They just went to Zoar. By the way, they also know there's a bunch of men on the western side of the, of, of the mountains with Abraham. And they know about the other Canaanites. And they know about the other kingdoms in the Fertile Crescent because they fought a war over there. They know there is other men on the planet. But 
if you're going to do a subversion of people, you must create a false crisis. These girls are on the level of a CIA spook. These girls, but, but what is it? Where did they learn how to do this? Sodom High. Right? That's where they learned it. They're very good. So they actually, the older one is manufacturing a crisis, and we're going to go with it. So this is, a, okay, so this is a, an example of manufacturing, but it's an evidence of destabilization. What do you mean? Well, everything's lost. We've got to go to a new normal. We, they're, they're, this, the culture is gone. It's destabilized. Uh, everything we knew was gone. We've got to start over again. We have got to build back better. We have got, we have got to press the reset button because all, everyone's dead. It's all over. Everything's been destroyed. The economy, everything. We've got to press the reset button. Where is Klaus Schwab? Now here's the other thing. This is interesting. Why won't they marry somebody from Zoar? Why won't they go to Abraham's tribe and say, hey, is there a man there that's available? We're two eligible virgins. We want to get married. Why don't they go do that? Because when you live in Sodom and the nature of evil creates tribalism, do you think they really want to hook up with a believer in Yahweh? No. So what happens is what you see in the psychops is in the psychops there will be a tribalism is that we can't go outside of our tribe. We only trust the people in our tribe. And the people in their tribe that they trust are sodomites. Okay? They don't trust anyone past that. So it's, this is the funny thing. Let me give you a real world example. Leftist women report that they don't want to date leftist men now. Have you heard this? They would rather date conservative men than leftist men. Now, there, there's, this is going outside of their tribe because in their minds, they, don't want, they want to stay with the leftist men because that's a tribal mentality. But now they're finding, I don't want to marry a guy. I want to go outside. Why is that? Because they're, they're all feminized is what they're saying. But again, my point is, the tribalism is created that there's nothing outside of our group. Everyone outside of our group is an enemy. Oh, is that not just what happened to America? That we have subsections in our culture, instead of America being the melting pot, e pluribus unum, we have become tribal. They have divided America into different sections. Well, you got the LGBT over here, then you have uh, Black Lives Matter over here, and then you have this over here, whatever. And everybody's in their own little groups. Have you noticed that? That's why they won't marry outside of the tribe. Keep following me. Then you have to have a crisis, which you just saw. A crisis is manufactured so that the demoralized and destabilized people will give up their rights, protections, liberties, and morality for the so-called peace and security that the political agenda promises. They will give everything up just for security and peace or anything the government promises. Now, what these girls are going to do is we're manufacturing a, pri a, 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 a crisis so we can get something out of it and, 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 and the older one is convincing the younger one to go ahead and do this because of what it promises. And what does it promise? It's going to promise them that they get pregnant. Okay? Continue on. Come, let us. That sounds eerily familiar. Where have I seen that little passage before? Think. Think. You're in Genesis Keep going back. It's past Sodom. It's a creation. It's a creation phrase. Come, let us make man in our image. Do you remember that? 
come let us. And what are they doing? They're creating something out of the agenda. They're going to create something out of it. It is a copycat of God. This is what the two girls are thinking. This is how evil it is. This is on the level of Bill Gates. Come, let us depopulate the planet. Come, let us put a digital currency everywhere. Come, let us. That's what the elites say. It's the same word. And when I'm looking at this passage to this week, I thought, oh my goodness, I've seen the same pattern. Let's make our father drink wine. Drink wine. Now, what is the big deal here? Well, they're going to use the wine as a vehicle to get compliance. Okay? So what you find out with evil sodomites is they will always use some type of vehicle to get compliance. The last one, they used fear. Fear of death. Or fear of losing your job. Fear of, of uh, you know, public shame by not wearing your mask or whatever it might be. But they will use a vehicle to get compliance because no one would volunteer for this. So it has to be forced, and you have to use some type of mediatorial thing to get people to comply. Wow. And we, want, and we will lie with him that we may preserve the lineage of our father. Yeah, right. Now, part of this is a partial truth. They will lie with him. They're basically going to rape their father, okay? So there's a little bit of vindictiveness, a little bit of revenge in this. Why? Because, remember, their dad gave them over to the mob to be raped. Remember that? You take my two daughters, rape them, don't rape the angels. So there's a bit of revenge in this, but they want something out of their father. They want to be impregnated by him. And please understand, this is not to preserve the lineage of our father. They could care less about this. They're actually creating something brand new. There's a creation they're doing. The father is just a means to an end, to get pregnant. They don't care about his line. This is how wicked these women are. But notice, it's a false narrative. A false narrative. Here's the application before we go any further. We have to, as believers, be able to discern the real agenda versus the narrative they tell you what it's for. Okay? Do not be the 30% that believe everything that comes out of someone's mouth. You have to be the 5% that says, wait a second, let me test that with evidence and, and backing on this. Let me figure this out first. You have to be as wise as a serpent and quit being naive. Now, here's what's happening. The demoralization and the destabilization that the two girls are going to illustrate it actually came from Sodom and Gomorrah, which the culture was destabilized and demoralized, okay? America is, is having that happen right now. The bedrock of America was Christianity, okay? It's now been, been completely removed and destabilized and dismantled by Babylonianism, if you want to call it that way, a false religion. And a society will only stand on its bedrock. So if you replace the bedrock with a different bedrock, you shouldn't be surprised by the results you get. The bedrock of a society will produce what you're wanting. So look at what's, what our society is producing. That means the bedrock has been changed. It's producing sodomites. It's producing Sodom and Gomorrah. So effectively, we have been destabilized and we have been demoralized for the last 40, 50, 60 years. That's what's been going on. So now, the evidence... If you're not convinced now that our bedrock has been changed, then just look at the virtue signaling. People are not championing, I love Christ. People are not championing, championing uh, humility or you know, servanthood or anything like that. They're virtue signaling with their bedrock. Okay. So in principle, a demoralized, destabilized society you'll see degrees of immorality are allowed to increase once a society says it's okay for their virgin morality to be called noble causes. So look at the noble cause. Love is love. Right? You know that. 
That's, that's coming from a bedrock. That's coming from a destabilized society, demoralized society. Save the planet is coming from a demoralized society. The bedrock has been fundamentally changed in America. Trans rights are human rights, right? These are all virtue signaling that a new religion has taken over. Equality versus equity. No one ever tells you that in order to take the box for the little guy on the right side, that you had to steal from the taller guy. No one talks about that. That's called Marxism, right? But that's a new virtue signaling. Or sustainability. Have you heard that term? That's a virtue signal everywhere. How about this? Stakeholder capitalism is not politics. It's not a social or ideological agenda. It's not woke. Now, this is Larry Fink. Okay? He's behind BlackRock. He's pushing ESG. But he tells you it's not woke. But it is. He's lying to you. So people have to see past the agenda. You have to see what the real narrative is. And now people are going to eventually want to have their eyes scanned because the, the advent of AI, we can't tell the difference between AI and humans, and so they want to do retina scans to make sure everyone's a human. And then you have Klaus Schwab, obviously Emperor Palpatine in our era, that's, that's pushing all of this, obviously. And then now what is he pushing? He wants, Klaus wants you to eat bugs. This is the new virtue signaling. And the cricket is good for you, yeah? It's good, not the meat, Klaus Schwab. Or how about this? Eat the cancerous meat, yeah? It's good. We don't want to eat cows, Klaus says. Oh, but yeah, there's the, meat, no, the fake meat's made out of cancer cells. But this is virtue signaling, right? How about this one? It can't get any worse than this. NASA gives researchers $200,000 to turn human poop into food. They're serious. These people are serious. This is a sodomite mentality. How about this one? Klaus says, what are you drinking in your water? We're going to make it uh, out of raw sewage, yeah? You like the drinking of the water? We're going to do this for you, yeah? It's good for the planet. How about this? You like beer? We make beer out of urine now, yeah? And yeah, you, 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 you guys, we must come together because we under alien uh, invasion, yeah? Look at the, the bodies we found. Look, look. This is virtue signaling. This is when you lose a culture. Why is the White House coming out with this? I wouldn't put this up there if it was a joke. The, the White House is actually you know, saying that we, we found bodies. Did you hear them talk to Congress? We found bodies. We must unite together and fight against the alien invasion. Can you believe we're having this conversation? And then in the church, we just you, to, you need to unite, man. That's just it. Drop all your theological stances and come unite. This is an example of the virtue signaling that the bedrock of society has been destabilized and demoralized. And now pastors, instead of preaching the word, are up there talking about movies now and dress up like the characters in the movies. This is that Saddleback, the new pastors dress up like in a Toy Story. This is ridiculous, right? Anyway, what happened? So they made their father drink wine that night, and the firstborn went in and lay with her father, and he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. He got so stinking drunk, he had no idea that his own daughter was raping him. I mean, it's just, again, what is this? A witness of demoralization. Where did she get this mentality that it's okay to rape your own father and commit incest? Because even in the pagan world, you didn't do this. Okay, but where did she get the mentality? She, she was raised in Sodom. Remember passive so, uh, law, raising his kids in Sodomites? Yeah, this is what happens. Your own daughter will rape you. And it happened on the next day. The firstborn said to the younger, indeed, I lay with my father last night. Lest, uh, let, uh, let us, again, there's that let us thing. Let us make him drink wine tonight. Why? What are they creating? They're creating something. Also, and go in and lie with him that we may preserve the lineage of our father. Again, false narrative. And then they made their father drink wine that night also. Again, the vehicle for compliance. And the younger arose and lay with him. And he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. Second time. It's bad enough one time, but now it's twice. Lot. Second witness of demoralization coming from Sodom. How could 
they're, they're, the daughters do this to their father because they want something out of him. They want to become pregnant. And thus, both the daughters of Lot were, the ch- uh, were with child by their father. That's what they wanted. It's not to continue his line. is They wanted a child, and a child in the tribalism area of Sodom and Gomorrah with the mentality. Now, before I move on, what is their real agenda? If it's not to continue the line of him, of Lot, which they could care less because their father gave them off you know, to a, a mob. If it's not that, let's use some deduction. These, these girls have the mindset of a, of a sodomite, okay? That means anything's game. If the ends are good, then the means will be justified. If it means I have to rape my own father and become impregnated for the, for the ends, then I will do it. This is the type of mentality that you see in the world. We will lie, we will cheat, we will do everything we can in order to achieve this goal. That's their mentality. But what are they creating? So they get pregnant by their own dad. They refuse to go marry someone outside the tribe, so to speak, of Sodom. What, tell me, are they creating? Let us, they said it twice, let us do this. Let that sink in. They are recreating Sodom in a cave. That's what they're creating. Another Sodomite culture. That's why they won't go outside the culture. They are creating another Sodomite culture right there in the cave. And boy, howdy, did they create one. Because look, the firstborn bore a son and called his name Moab, which means the seed of the father. He is the father of the Moabites to this day. And the younger, she also bore a son and called his name Ben-Ami, the son of my father. He is the father of the people of Ammon to this day. And what problems did the Moabites and the Ammonites cause Israel? They became a thorn in Israel's side. And I can tell you, they are still a thorn in Israel's side today. And believe it or not, through the judgments of the tribulation... Will only Ammon and Moab be figured out? Because they today, the Moabites and Ammonites, still exist. And Jesus will have to deal with them at the second coming. And and scripture predicts, so they're still alive. They're still here. They're called Jordanians today. Okay? They're called Jordanians. And the Jordanians will eventually be dealt with by the Lord himself. And it's not pretty. It is not pretty. But they are constantly a thorn in Israel's side even to this day. What's banked up next to Israel right now? Jordan, right? And then you have the the West Banks where where the Palestinians are. That's one of the major problems with Israel today. So what, what these two girls, in effect, did is try to create Sodom all over again, and they were successful in creating the Moabites. The Moabites, you know what the Moabites did? To, to, they sent their women over to Israel to seduce the Israelis, Israeli men, and they did a very good job at doing that. They tried, they tried to prevent Moses from coming into the promised land, and they were a constant badgering of Israel. They really created Sodom. That's what they did. What is this, though? This is called normalization. What do you mean? See, in their minds, Sodom is normal. It's normal. And so, to them, this is what they want to create. Well, once something has been destabilized and demoralized, and you create a crisis, and then you fix the crisis, then you have what's called a new normal 
Have you heard that term? A degenerate culture is now the new normal culture which is controlled by the tyrants. The Moabites and the Ammites are nothing but the remnants of Sodom and Gomorrah. So what we have now in our culture is the new normal. What is the new normal now? Oh, that guys can menstruate. That's the new normal. That guys from the CDC, this is straight out of the CDC, can lactate, right? That we can cut off body parts of children and make them into what we want to make them. That's the new normal, right? The new normal is here. It, it, it shows you. It, that's what these girls were trying to do. Let me ask you this. Has that been done to America? I think I've provided enough ample evidence to show you that what the girls did to their own father has been done to our culture, has been done to our country. Think about this. That which we tolerate will be the very thing that is done to us. Now, think about this. Lot tolerated Sodom. He tolerated their activities. But then, what happened to him? He, in effect, was sodomized by his own daughters in the end. Okay? And, and I mean, I mean they, they, they raped him, and, and that's part of sodomy. It's, it's going after, what, what Sodom is, is going after strange flesh. You go after the unnatural, homosexuality, lesbianism, and in this case, incest. That's sodomy. It goes after in, uh, uh, the wrong flesh. It's that which is out of order, that which is not natural. He was sodomized eventually. Now, let me ask you this. Sodom, uh, he went after Sodom because he could have money, and he had a lucra uh, lucrative job, and he had everything. But what does Lot have now? He's in a cave. He's lost everything, and he's lost his own, his own reputation. You will never hear again from Lot from this point on. He is lost at this point, and he's a believer. That which you tolerate will one day boomerang and come back to you and hit you. Now, here's the thing. What can you and I do? First of all, you have to identify when this is happening to you. And that means you can't be spiritually passive anymore. You have to be on top of what's happening to your kids, what's happening to your church, what's happening to your family, what's happening to the environment around you. And you can't just sit back like Lot and say, well, it is what it is. I'll just pray, and I'm hoping this season will pass. If you sit back, you will lose it to Sodom. Sodom wants your territory. And there are plenty of Lot's daughters in our society that are doing everything they can to subvert you. They're coming for you and your family. So the first thing you have to do is confront it. You stay on top of it. You don't let it happen. If your son or daughter brings home a sodomite to you, you resist this like there's no tomorrow. You want to see your family be derailed? Let a sodomite get in, get in touch with one of your kids and see what that sodomite will do to your entire family. Their mission is to create Sodom in your family. That's their mission. You must understand what's at stake. And if you will do that, like I know you will, and you will fight back and push back, you will not let Sodom in your door. That's what you have to do. So in the end, these people are not playing fair. They have nefarious reasons. Do not take evil lightly. Like I said, back to the commentary, and I'll end on this. The commentaries reflect a time in America where there wasn't that big of a threat. The guys writing couldn't even get there. They couldn't go where you and I are going. They didn't see the day 
that you and I see. And because of that, their comments were naive. And that can't be you and I. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for what we can learn from this grotesque, incestuous, sodomite scene. A warning to all of us. We see the subversion. We see all that they're doing in our culture. It's the same thing as the two daughters did. Father, it's the same repeat. Nothing new under the sun. Father, help us to to be watchful, to be mindful of this, to see it on the horizon, to confront it, to deal with it, Father. To protect our families, to protect our kids, our grandkids, Father. And Lord, I just pray if there's anyone here that hasn't hasn't come to faith, they would do so today. Understanding that Jesus died on a cross for their sins, was buried, and rose on the third day to give everlasting life to anyone who believes. We pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for another lesson. We hope that this message is a blessing for you and helps you grow towards a more mature understanding of God's Word. For more information about our ministry, we invite you to check out our website at rockharborchurch.net. Until next time, remember, keep looking up for our redemption draws near.